What's up, guys? Welcome to Devo with Uncle Theo. I'm your host, Theo Davis, Uncle Theo, T.O. Theo. And we're going to start working through the Bible in a year. I have a special guest with me today. I call him Detective Mills because he's spoken into my life a lot. He has the gift of discernment. And uh, we've been in the trenches for how many years now? About three. Three years. Three years. And just to give a recap on how we met, just our backstory, we have similar lives, right? I would say you took a path that I walked away from. I grew up, and I'm going to drop some references. There's this line from Bizzle. He says that I was more Trey, not Doughboy. And he said, I wasn't old dog, I was more Kane. And I'm dropping these references. One is from Boys in the Hood, and the other one is from Minister to Society. And I recommend that nobody watch these movies. <laughs> uh, it's just, I watched them as an unbeliever. But a good point that is brought from him, Trey was in the hood, but he really wasn't of the hood. He had a father that was constantly pulling them away from the streets and educating them and telling them not to be there. I really didn't have a father doing that, but... I had other forces like my aunt who moved in with us at an early age. And there was one point in my life where I was always around those things, cousins selling drugs. My, I remember my aunt, I was riding in the car with her and they were literally doing cocaine in the front seat. And I looked up to see what they were doing and she pushed me back in the back seat. So that's like my childhood being around it all the time, but never fully indulging into the to the scene and it was one day i had my best friends red and black we used to play basketball every single day and a guy came on the street by the name of seth and he offered us a black and mild and i don't know i just i didn't have the words to articulate it then now i can articulate it better all i knew was to say no and to go home and my aunt was calling and waiting on me but I knew that decision would change my life because it changed my best friend's lives. They joined gangs. They started selling drugs. They even eventually started doing drugs. And I say I feel like our paths cross because I feel like you said yes to that black and mild, right? I definitely said yes. <laughs> and it took you down a whole different path. And I got I get to see in your life what I would have became if I would have said yes. But still, God's grace exists because you went down that path and still was redeemed. You didn't end up a statistic dead or in jail. And so that's amazing to me. So I just want you to speak to your experience in your life and how you feel like we met and how you feel our bond is. Because that's what I have in my head. You may have something completely different. Yep, no, absolutely, definitely. I think that one of the things that originally brought us together was the evangelism. I think we had mutual friends that, uh, that both knew you were coming back to join the church. And then uh, me and another brother named Jose Freyer were doing evangelism, and they linked us up. I think that was, and that was probably 2018, so it's been a while. I think we ended up meeting at a Justin Peters conference or something. And so, yeah, absolutely, for yeah. sure. And so I think we just have kindred hearts. We have... Uh, the same desire for men to be saved and coming from a background like mine, prison, those type things, and coming from a background like yours. And the Lord also put us together for work. I do contract labor, and you need a contract labor. 
<laughs> this is true. This the is Lord, true. The Lord did some amazing things to bring us together. So. so without further ado, let's jump into the Bible in the year. This Devo with Uncle Theo. I think the best way to jump it off is to start with an introduction. An introduction. We're going to read the Bible from cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation. And let's not walk into this assuming. Let's let everybody know where we're coming from, what positions that we're taking. I think we all would agree that we're going to walk into this saying that the Bible is inspired. It's the inspired word of God. We believe that it's God breathed. And so what are we saying when we say that the word of God is inspired? What that is saying is you got to think about it. Moses said a lot. Moses lived a, a long life. And we don't have every single word that he recorded. Jesus said a lot. Jesus, in fact, John alludes to that. He says that Jesus did and performed so many miracles and did so much that if we were to record all of this, all the books in the world couldn't contain it. But he says these are written so that you may know that Jesus is the son of God and that you may have life in his name. And that's what we mean by inspired. We mean that. Yeah, they said a lot. They did a lot. But these are written for us and they're good for all time, all generations from Moses generation up until Dustin's generation to Theo's generation, even our children. This is the word of God for all times. And so some people can say, no, nah, I heard Jesus said this. Hey, you check out this secret book or you heard this or that. And we're going to say, not nah. well, cool. Yeah, Jude quotes the book of Enoch. But is it inspired, though? And so we believe that these 66 books that we're committed to reading are inspired by God. Would you agree with that assumption coming in? No, absolutely. And I think that we have, we live in a day and time that a lot of people are trying to disprove the Bible or just like you said, use extra biblical commentary to confuse us. And this day and time, I think that as Christians, we need to know the, know the word of God and we need to understand uh, that it is inspired, like you said. And, and this is how God's chosen to carry out his message, how men are to be saved uh, through his word. That's good. And we can use a fancy word. These 66 are called the canon. And canon is just a fancy Latin word, which means ruler uh, on how they measure what scripture would be. And they use a measuring stick, then they went off of a few things. Uh, did an apostle write it? Did somebody associated with an apostle write it? This is New Testament canon. Did, did the church accept it? Does it contradict any other doctrine of scripture that we know? And you have those rules set in place to understand where, whether something is scripture or not. And even in the Old Testament, you have a similar ruler where do the Jews accept these books as canonical? So it's a little easier for us with the Old Testament because there was a chosen people, and we're going to learn about how those chosen people came about starting in Genesis 12 with uh, Abram, and we'll see that genealogy. Another thing we'll be working with is we believe that scripture is authoritative, which means that it's our sole rule uh, for faith and practice in our lives, and it has the ability and the authority to speak to us in a way that causes us to move and causes us to obey. And I think that's really important because everybody has an authority, whether stated or unstated. And really that determines how you interpret scripture on the basis of which your authority. If God isn't your authority, you're going to come to the text a certain way. 
you're going to come, let's use another word, hermeneutics. You're going to come with either a hermeneutic of belief, if you think scripture is authoritative, but you're going to come to the, the word with a hermeneutic of skepticism or even worse, a hermeneutic of unbelief if you if the word of God isn't authoritative to you. And so you and I are both coming to the scripture with a hermeneutic of belief. We believe that Jesus is the son of God. We believe we take most of the conservative positions. We believe that Moses wrote these first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, which is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. We believe that Moses wrote those and we take him mosaic authorship. And so anything come to your mind there as far as the Bible being authoritative. Yeah, I think you're spot on how we come to the Bible because, you know, we see it in the streets all the time. People say that the Bible has been changed or uh, come to the Bible in a way that it's almost like a fairy tale. And so we have to look at our own lives and say, how, how are we going to come to the Bible? Do we really believe that this is the Word of God? Do we believe that God has given authority for the 66 books? And I think that once we understand or we leap out of faith and into this word, I think it will be helpful to us. But if we're still on the fence on whether or not it's really the word of God or this is the true canon or has it been fiddled with in any kind of way, because those things are going to lean over yeah. us the whole time. It's going to affect your thinking yeah. and how you move. Yeah. So I'm sure. No, that's good. And I think scripture has, a. have heard, I think it was Bill Mounts that said the scripture has a self-authenticating quality to it. And what that means is you got to try it in order to truly know how it works. And what he meant by that, you think about taste and see that the Lord is good. You got to try him. We say that all the time. Growing, Try Jesus. It sounds like a cliche, but it's some truth to that. You got to try him. And when you try him, you can see that he's good and it, it authenticates itself. You're like, wow, no, these are words of living life. And you don't have to go through all of these evidentiary uh, portals to get to them. And I'm not saying that stuff is wrong, but I'm saying it was put to me like it's like riding a bike. We can read a manual on riding a bike. We could talk about how the chain works, how the pedals work, how the tires work all day long. But until we do what? Until we get on that bike and start pedaling, start wobbling, start trying to balance, like you're never going to learn how to ride a bike. And that's how I see the scriptures. Like until you actually get in them, start working through them, you're never going to fully see Christ in his glory because God has revealed his son through his word. So you're going to have to taste and see that that the Lord is good. And I, I like that. I think another way of putting it is a lot of times is how do you see the solar system? through a telescope or through a microscope, yep, through, through a telescope. So if I'm looking at the solar system through a microscope, I'll never see anything. And if I'm looking at cells from a telescope, I'm not going to see a thing. It's important how you approach the Bible because you can come to it and not see anything. Yeah. What's the point? Like, why do y'all read that? It's, it's garbage, basically. Right. You know what I'm saying? It, it sounds like mythology, like a talking snake. Uh, Apple seeing into the world through one man. Come on. Are you serious? I thought you were smarter than that, Dustin. You know what I'm saying? These are things we get. Like when people, when we talk to people and what you, what do you think about that self 
authenticate nature of the Bible, like taste and see, you really have to try Jesus. Right. No, yeah. absolutely. And uh, in my life, I was always told about Christ, but it wasn't until really life thumped me on my head. And I truly said, okay, I'm going to see what, what this Jesus is talking about. And I knew where to go. Yeah. And so I guess I came uh, to the Bible with not, I don't know that I was expecting anything, but I, I was tired of running. Yeah. And I, I was going to see what God had to say about uh, life and really wasn't holding any reservations. Yeah, I remember the statement you made at that time. Didn't you say, God, I don't know what it is that you do, but can you do that thing in me? Right. Like you knew he was in the saving business and you did what? You stepped out and tried him. Yeah. You tried him and he proved himself faithful like he's done and we'll read about for multiple generations. And lastly, the presupposition that we'll come with. Uh, and if you need a fancy word for all of this that we're talking about, it's called prolegomena. And prolegomena means the things before the things. So we're hopping into studying the text and we're just putting some things in place that how we're going to be moving. And uh, if you're going to enjoy anything from myself or even special guests like Dustin, this is our presupposition. So if we were playing spades, I grew up in the black household. We played spades. I don't know. You may have played poker or something else. Can you get down on the spades table? Okay. So my boy, he's one of us. He can get down on the spades table. You play joker, joker, deuce, deuce, or just... I play <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And so we're coming with these presuppositions and this is how we're going to be moving and what you can expect from us. And lastly, the Bible is dynamic. And I really love this word dynamic. You even hear dynamite in that power. And we believe about Bible is powerful. Like it can change lives. And that's not your best argument, but it still needs to be one of your arguments, right? Your best argument is not try Jesus because look at my life. He changed my life. But that still is an argument. It should make the list, don't you think? Yeah, we. but you got to remember that Mormons have the same argument. Yeah, see, that's why I say it needs to be <laughs> like last on the list because I think even Bodie said Malcolm X has that argument. He was a pimp. Yeah. He used to steal a thief and he went to prison, met Allah and became a Muslim. And the Muslim religion changed his life. So that's why we can't lead out with that because everybody can come with their best foot forward with that argument. But we're believing that this is the true living God. And that's something that we'll talk about because you mentioned Mormons. It seems like our religions can affect morality and that could be tricky. So I can come before you squeaky clean and nothing really has changed but the outside of the cup. And so those are things that we'll be moving with. And I, I really love dynamic because I think we got to get back to that, bro. People are leaving the church in droves because they don't understand the Bible. They don't understand the scriptures and they're not experiencing power from reading the scriptures well. Like they're not about to do what we're doing. They go to the Bible for a bunch of principles. They go to the text to get something like treating God like a genie. And when they don't get that, they either leave to go to another church that'll give them what they want apart from the Bible or they lead a faith completely. And that's why we see a lot of like wacky charismatic churches where people go across the street to that. And this guy is revving up the guitar 
Like they, they got the lights going. They got your spiritual goosebumps going and you're feeling something for the first time in your life. And you like that Bible reading stuff for the birds. Cause I never felt anything when I sit down with an open Bible and read it. And I'm like, bro, we need to get back to that. We need to get back to reading the Bible and teaching it well so people can really experience the power of the word of God. Cause God himself says that his word is powerful. And you've seen that left and right, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was funny. Me and my brother were listening to something on YouTube today, and it, it was like a we a Christian Ouija board to call Jesus the Rick. <laughs> that's what we're dealing with down here. Man, I'm going to give me a Christian 666 <laughs> next week now. That's how we're moving. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the intro. And I guess the next time we hop on, we'll be tackling the book of yeah. Genesis. What you think? Let's do it. All right.